According to several articles, in the United States, women launch over 1,800 new businesses each day. Reports suggest that following their passion was one of the main reasons for starting a business. In this episode, we'll talk to Christina Seaman, who in December 2020, founded Sprinkle Me Desserts, a successful home-based bakery company. She'll discuss how the work-from-home pandemic phenomenon allowed her to turn her love of baking into a business. But Christina was not a neophyte, having purchased and operated one business for 14 years and is an adjunct professor at the New York Institute of Technology School of Management. We'll discuss starting a business from scratch, finding and keeping customers, and how this experience impacts her lessons for students. Christina, welcome to our podcast series. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I also want to thank uh, Deborah Cohn for having me and, uh, of course, the School of Management. Well, it's wonderful to have you on with us today. And before we dive into your entrepreneurial journey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm an adjunct professor at New York Institute of Technology. I've been with the uh, School of Management for about 12 years now. And I teach anything from international business to ethics and social responsibility. I teach undergraduate and graduate courses as well. And I absolutely love it. Christina, had you run a business prior to opening Sprinkle Me Desserts? I actually had run a business before. I was actually in my last year of college. I was offered an opportunity to purchase a business that I was working for. It was a wedding photography studio. And I was working for the studio and the owners didn't want to run it anymore. And I purchased it. The studio was a half a million dollars in debt. And I decided to purchase it. It took 10 years to get out of debt and I owned it for uh, 14 years. I then sold it so I can focus more on teaching. So you had that experience. And so, you know, being your own business owner, certainly was sort of maybe in your DNA, having that opportunity sort of woke that up going out and taking the risk of starting a new business. By the way, it sounds like you have a very busy schedule. How how did you how did you decide to make time to start your own home based business? Yes. (laughs) So I do have a busy schedule. School of management does keep me busy, which I love. So what happened was, was in the middle of the pandemic, believe it or not. And we were teaching at home through Zoom. So I was missing that traveling and seeing my students on campus. And I was missing that interaction. So I swear, I just one day woke up and I said, what do I love to do besides teaching? And it's cooking and baking. And I said, I'm going to open up a business. And I got up on the computer. I got my tax ID. I started the business within a day and I opened it one day and the next day I was up and running with my flyers, my coupons. I was up on social media and I was up and running. Now to accomplish that, I would imagine you probably found a lot of simple and easy resources to use to get started with. By the way, the name of your business, Sprinkle Me Desserts, I would imagine. Sprinkle Me Desserts. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you did a search to make sure that you weren't encroaching on anyone else's intellectual property. And so there was a lot of things you probably did in the background that for you, teaching it, teaching business seemed kind of simple. But for those people starting out, it's probably a whole list of things that you really went through that, you know, for you is intuitive. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first thing that I did was get the tax ID. I already host a couple of Facebook pages, such as Sprinkle Me Recipes, for just 
Sprinkle Me. They're all different pages on just recipes that, you know, moms and dads can share with each other of their kids going back to school and what do you put in the lunchbox and some stuff like that. And then I thought, why not Sprinkle Me Desserts? So I went to go make sure the name was available and sure enough it was. Mm-hmm. So I locked it in and then I took it from there. It was kind of like a roller coaster right after that. It's interesting because when you first described it, you said, well, I woke up one morning. But the reality <laughs> is you sort of had la- unknowingly, perhaps, laid the groundwork for getting started in this business through what you were doing on social media already. Yeah, probably. I just never knew that it would take off the way that it did. I never imagined that it would be, you know, knock on wood, that it would be what it is today. Now, as with any business person, you want to prepare a business plan, a budget. Because of your background, those were probably some of the things that either you did intuitively yourself or did you ever sit down and actually prepare a budget and and come out with a a master plan on how you were going to accomplish this? Yes, of course. And those were things that I learned just by being a professor and being able to teach those courses that I sat down and laid out, okay, what is my budget going to be for this holiday? And what is it going to be for the next holiday? And what do I want my profits to be? Or when am I going to break even? Mm. And those are things that came with the territory just of owning a business, starting a business, and figuring out all the logistics of that. What's interesting, Christina, because it's a home-based baking business, essentially, and you're selling baked goods online. And in doing a little bit of research, On the subject, I was fascinated by how many websites out there that talk about the pros and cons, the ins and outs, making sure that you conform to all laws, uh, that you're collecting the proper taxes, that you actually have designated space within your home to separate it from what the family would use as opposed to having a commercial bakery on the outside. And so uh, those all sound like, you know, big challenges, including one I got a kick out of was you always seem to have a constant sugar rush. (laughs) <laughs> to take to sample your goods, which I found fascinating. I'm sure you don't go through that. Believe it or not, I guess because I'm involved in it all the time, people would think like you're eating the goods all the time. I'm I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> For tasting purposes, yes, but I guess because I'm always baking them and always making them, I'm truly not eating them, and I don't have sugar rushes. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. And in terms of your offerings, one of the things, because I love to cook myself, and I will tell you that my test kitchen revolves around me getting the family together and asking people, do you like that? What do you think? I would never think of it, perhaps, to go out and do some test marketing and get some advice from outside the family. In terms Uh of what your offering was going to be online, did you do any testing or see what people were looking for and the challenges of that? Yes, I did. What we did was, of course, you know, very kindly, the first people that order from you are going to be your friends and family. So what I would do is they would place an order and then I would throw in like a whole bunch of different other treats that I was thinking about selling. And I would, you know, have them taste it and let me know what they thought. And then I would just modify accordingly to what their responses would be, or they would say, you know, this is good, but maybe you should add this, or maybe you should make it into this, or mold it into this, or whatever it would be, and that's how I would do it in the beginning. And obviously that feedback then informs how you want to approach going out to the market, and I know you have your own website, and people can order from you, but it's not as simple as just making some cupcakes and giving them to the neighbor. 
it's a business, so you've got certain regulatory requirements and things that you've always got to keep in consideration. Mm -hmm. I also have a feedback form that goes over to the client after they've been delivered their goods. Then there's a feedback form that the client will fill out, such as, you know, how was the dessert? Was it delivered properly? You know, we wear our masks when we deliver and so forth. So we do have a feedback form that goes out to the client after they receive their goods. Did you think when you started the business that even though you're in the middle of a pandemic, that given that everyone was at home and a lot of people wouldn't go out, that that might actually benefit a home business? Yeah, you know what? I did think about that. And one of the aspects that I did was I offered free delivery. Ah, okay. So we did free delivery this way. No one had to leave their home. And it seemed to have worked out great. I'm going to imagine you do a lot of repeat business. Do you have a marketing program that you work through once you get that customer list going? We have a marketing program that we work through. We do what's called a piggy bank. So for every amount of money that they spend, they earn money in their piggy bank. And I still do free delivery. Oh, wow. So my customers, are, yeah, my customers appreciate that. And I think that's what keeps a lot of them coming back. Now, some of the things that I noted that you've done, you didn't build your website from scratch. You went to one of the online companies to find some of the Correct. resources. And I would imagine to keep it simple, especially when you're starting up, I would say it's a good advice for people to go out and find those types of resources to work with. Yes, it was actually extremely helpful. It guided me through building it. It guided me through adding promotions, adding images, adding content. It was extremely easy to use and easy to maintain. Every time I would host another event or another holiday was coming up and I wanted to switch around some of the images, it was extremely easy to use. And it helps you also with your email, being directly connected with your customers, and also offers you a text messaging service as well. So you can text message from your cell phone to your customers without having to use your own phone number. So now that you've had the experience, your entrepreneurial experience, and you've created your own business, has this informed the way you might teach students? Is there any lessons that you're now building in that you might really not have thought before was so important? Or has this changed the way you advise students or anyone coming to you relative to starting that business? Part of being an adjunct is that the beauty of it is that we have, you know, we teach and we have businesses or we work for businesses and the beauty is bringing one to each other. Sometimes I will bring just, you know, examples or guide them with just ideas or concepts that they may not have crossed their minds when opening up a business or just to explain exactly how much goes through when opening up a business and the students get engaged. They want to know more. They want to know they have questions. They don't realize sometimes how much actually goes into it. And being able to do this and have gone through it, it allows me to share that information with them. So I've been very fortunate. Okay, so now you're a small business owner. And one of the questions I always ask is, what's one of those things that keeps you up at night? What do you worry about most in terms of operating your business? Well, I just want to make sure that my customers are happy. I swear, I just want to make sure that they're happy the whole thing about Sprinkle Me Desserts is that they're desserts. They're supposed to make people happy. I just want to make sure at the end of the day that whoever received their deliveries that day, that they enjoy them, that they literally, you know, cause a giggle 
that it made them truly happy eating their cupcake or their cake pop or their chocolate-covered pretzel. They thoroughly enjoyed them. So you obsess really over customer satisfaction. Yes. <laughs> and that probably, I would say, any small business, that's one of the things that will keep you up at night is obsessing on customer satisfaction and keeping those customers coming back. Yeah. So in starting a business... What advice do you have for budding entrepreneurs? And one of the things that, and we haven't talked about it yet, and I should have asked it earlier on, was baking your passion. Did you think that that was something that you just really loved and you knew that passion could help drive you? I've always been cooking and baking person. I've always enjoyed it. So they've always been both my passions. So that's why I have the Sprinkle Me Recipe page where we share recipes. And then Sprinkle Me Desserts was just something that I fell in love with. The minute the idea crossed my mind, I just, I fell in love with it. I was like, I have to do this. You know, I have tons of support also. Mm -hmm. My mom, who's a, an amazing, amazing support, she helps me out tremendously. And she loves it, too. But she's a huge part of Sprinkle Me Desserts as well. And again, as a home-based business, it's all really about family and families love to be engaged in helping you be successful. Yeah. And I think that for anybody starting out, especially in this type of a business, that, you know, you engage with and make sure you have that conversation with the family that, you know, this isn't a hobby. This is a business. This is something we want to be successful at. Yes. About yourself. Tell me what one word describes who you are. Oh, one word that would describe me, I would have to say, I'm probably a risk taker. I would say, like, normally I wouldn't give myself that title. But when I look at my life and look at the things that I've done, I would probably say I'm a risk taker. Definitely. And would you say that opening this business was one of the biggest risks that you've taken? Yes. You know, when you open up a business, I don't think that, you know, I know what I teach to my students. I know what comes out of textbooks, but I don't think you realize the time and the effort, the money, the planning, all that that goes into it. You know, even though you're advertising on social media, that's still a 24-7 job. Right. Along with, you know, other advertising and research and development and it's also a 24-hour job. So... I think you have to be a risk taker to open up your own company. It's funny that you hesitated to initially maybe to describe yourself that way, but I loved when you said earlier that you woke up one morning, you had this idea, and you said to yourself, I'm going to open this business. And, and that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, you know, deep down inside, you were certainly up to the challenge. You had the basic knowledge for it. But the toughest thing for most people is to take that step and step out there and actually get started. And that's exactly how it happened. Okay. I just woke up one day and I said, I'm going to do this. And I got on my computer and I did it. Smashing through inertia with the force of a first step. Christina described waking up one day and affirming her decision to start a business by clearing the name and getting a business ID number. As with many startups during the pandemic, Christina seized the extra time created by a commuting reprieve to convert passion into commerce. She emphasized the need to abide by the business fundamentals of developing a budget, doing market research, knowing your break-even point, and having a goal for profitability. Once you have the momentum going, consider building a loyalty program to incentivize repeat orders. In this case, Christina called it the customer's piggyback. Be sure to maximize your social media presence and always take into account customer feedback. Figure out what's working, what's not, and adjust accordingly. Finally, 
Christina describes herself as a risk taker. It is a fundamental personality trait seemingly inherent in most entrepreneurs. That part of your personality ignites the chain reaction that is a business startup. As Christina points out, textbooks can describe what you'll have to go through, but the experience will teach you valuable lessons about the time and effort, money and planning that go into a startup, which she now infuses in her tour of teaching. We thank Christina for sharing her experiences and valuable insights. This podcast is executive produced by John Rebecki and New York Institute of Technology in conjunction with the School of Management and the Office of Strategic Communications and External Affairs. The Director of Professional Enrichment and producer of this podcast is Deborah Cohn. Our marketing and social media strategist is Petra Shantaraga. Our audio editor and mixer is Brian Falk from Abacus Entertainment. Special thanks to Constance Talatia and Paulina Lamanier for all their support. Until next time.